In a world riddled with movie commentary comes a podcast that does exactly that. From the studios at Impact 89 FM Movie Chat. All right, welcome everyone to the very first reinstallment of Movie Chat. This podcast will focus all about newly released movies, whether through the big screen or through streaming platforms. And of course, we will hit on whatever big news is happening throughout Hollywood. For those of you who don't know, this podcast ran back in 2006, and we're bringing it back to bring you more movie content. I am your host, Maddie Farrell, and along with this podcast, I run a live specialty show, Movie Night, which is all about movie soundtracks, so you know I love my movies. If you're interested in that, check it out on Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. on 88.9 Live. And with that, let's get the show started. Tonight, I have with me a couple of my friends here, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves, and then I'm going to have them say, who would you thank first in your Oscar speech if you had won? So let's start with you. Hi, I'm Alex McRae. I'm assistant sports director here at the station. And if I had to thank somebody, geez, that's that's tough. Man, no prep on this one. I'd probably have to thank my parents. I'd just go with a really basic answer, but yeah, I'd probably just have to thank my parents. Hi, I'm Greg, assistant music director here at the station. And if first person that I think I'd thank, I think I'd have to go high school theater director. You got to go classic. Yeah. I think that's wholesome. That's unique, at least. Not right. not many people would do that. Yeah. I Like I said, I am Maddie, and I would probably thank first... Probably just my family, another classic answer. Family, friends. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, so tonight's show is going to be a little bit different for our first show. Since we're so close to the Oscars, I thought it'd be fun to, instead of focusing on newly released movies, we might as well just talk about who is nominated for Oscars and who we think is going to win, who we want to win, and who got snubbed this year. So we're actually going to be starting off with Best Supporting Actress, and we're just going to go category by category and talk about what we think. So... Best Supporting Actress. The nominees are Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. Wow. I have thoughts already. Okay. You, you want to start? Go, you can uh, go I'll ahead. Go I'll let it. you start. So the turn that Clint Eastwood has taken as a director into directing like these very strange fantasy movies for like the elderly or like for a specific subset of like American folk hero has been very interesting. Oh, are you when, talking about Richard Jewell? Yeah, Richard Jewell yeah. talking about the mule. I have not seen this. I've seen some some trailers. I've seen some talk about the film. So, you know, based on real events, I don't know. I think it can be difficult to get into the mind of a character like this, but I don't think the Academy would give this to Kathy Bates. I feel no. like it would be a weird, this would be a weird move. I think this is Laura Dern's to lose. To really? lose? Yeah. Really? I think this is Laura Dern's to lose for Marriage Story. What do you mean to lose? Like this is like um, she won't win? No, 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 no. no, no. Like, like, like this is this is hers running away. It'd be a shock if if oh, somebody okay. if if somebody else took it. Yeah. Because Florence Pugh yeah. is like a close second for me. I believe that she did Amy probably better than anyone has ever done Amy. Yeah. In a Kirsten little yeah. Dunst. Uh, I didn't like her portrayal of Amy, and I really liked Florence's a lot. So I think while she is deserving, I think that Laura Dern is definitely going to take it away. Because I definitely think that Kathy Bates, Scarlett Johansson, and Margot Robbie kind of got, I don't know, I think they just got like name recognition kind of nods, especially Margot Robbie. 
because I heard that Bombshell was bad. Yeah, I, I didn't see Bombshell either. Honestly, it, it didn't really interest me too much with Bad Guy in the trailer right <laughs> off the bat. I was yeah. like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if this is necessarily right up my alley, but I actually really like Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit. Oh, interesting. So I understand that it was done in parody, but as a Jewish person, I kind of avoided Jojo Rabbit really? on principle. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I guess I can see that, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... I, I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought uh, Watiti did a, a great job. I thought he was really funny. I thought he handled what is obviously a sensitive topic, yeah. is to right. say the least, but I, I thought he handled it excellently. I, I thought Jojo Rabbit is, is one of the best movies of the year. I liked it a lot, too. I mean, I love anything that Taika Waititi does in general, just because I, I love him so much, but I did think that Scarlett Johansson did a really nice job. But it is kind of astounding that she was nominated for both Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, you you, you don't right. see that very often. And in this case, I I think she could potentially win both. I mean, I mm, I, it, I, mm, I think we'll talk about we'll, we'll get be, into we'll that get later. Into best but, Actress later, but I I want to mm, re, retouch oh, this man. thing on Jojo Rabbit here. I thought if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil it for you entirely, but. There is such an emotional turn with Scarlett Johansson's character in the movie that really you don't see coming. And I yeah. was I I was pretty blown away by it and it was a real emotional switch for the movie. It, that's yeah. at that point that's when stuff started to get real and it was it was really really well done I think in my opinion. Yeah, that movie definitely was a lot like it's shown as a parody of course through every trailer and everything, but when you watch it, you don't expect the emotional turn that there is, and it is a little bit emotional, a little bit heartfelt, but then it is, like, funny, too. It's just a lot. But I think Laura Dern definitely deserves this, and I do think she's going to win for this. Yeah, I, I mean, Laura Dern was definitely one of the most... Like, like, whenever she was on the screen in Marriage Story, your eyes were locked in. You completely engaged the entire time. I think she did a phenomenal job and honestly one of the most versatile actresses in the in the, in the game business. today yeah oh, man i've been thinking about because she was in both uh, little women and marriage story i've been thinking about all the things that i've seen laura dern in, and it's been like all the way back to like blue velvet it's and jurassic not, park yeah yeah thinking about very versatile obviously very well trained and i don't know the energy that she gives the performances that she's like giving like, I know that there are real people who are just like that. And I'm sure that Laura Dern has heard stories of these people. And Or honestly, she's a good enough actress who I feel like she could have never heard any stories and just made up a character that believable. I think so, too. I think she just, like, had this whole persona, especially in Marriage Story, because she's right. very sassy in it. And I love her for that. She was great. Yeah, I mean, you, you watch the movie and you, you see just Laura Dern's character and she was just always so realistic, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I know you guys already kind of touched on it, but she's done such a phenomenal job creating a real person, right? Because right. Marriage Story, yeah, I, I don't believe it was adapted. I believe it was, yeah, original yeah. screenplay here. So establishing that character and being able to make it feel like a real person, I think is a talent that really not many actors or actresses have in the world today yeah for sure and i think that's what made marriage story so great and like why it was so 
like everybody loved it. Right. And well, I, guess, I guess one more thing before we move on to the next category for about to do that is I know that we are saying, you know, Laura, two out of three of us are saying that this kind of is like Laura Dern's race. But Florence Pugh, not to discount her at all, Florence Pugh did a very like good job. And what was sort of like a renaissance year for her, like really mm-hmm. uh, a Florence Pugh coming out party. With yeah. Midsummer coming out in the, I think it was what, June 4th or yeah. some time that was Midsummer and Little Women coming out around the holiday season. It and was. She's going to be in the new Black Widow movie too. Right. So I feel like we'll see, maybe not for the Black Widow movie, but for other, other projects, I feel like we may see her name on these lists around for a, a little bit. I think so too. I think she will definitely be nominated again sometime. Yeah. Hopefully, eventually. Hopefully. Hopefully. Anyway, so let's move on. Let's move on to Best Achievement in Sound Editing. Just because this one is a little bit of a fun one. For this one, it's Ford versus Ferrari. We got Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. This feels like this feels like the one that they give just a Star Wars coin an Oscar. Yeah, just to be like a pat on the back. Be like, here you go. Yeah. Full, Full disclosure, have not seen Ford versus Ferrari. I don't think any of us have. Yeah, I mean, Ford versus Ferrari, you watch the trailer, and as a college student who can't afford to go to every movie, it doesn't really seem like, oh, yeah, I got to watch this. Like, this seems like a movie that I'd see if my dad were paying. Exactly the same thing I was about to say. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's a good movie, but at this point, in my economic lifestyle, <laughs> right. I can't afford to go see a movie about race cars and set in the 1960s where Matt Damon and Christian Bale bicker and then eventually end out winning at the end. I mean, you watch the trailer and you pretty much watch the movie. I mean, you could honestly just look up the real story and find out what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously you could do that with most movies nowadays, but That's at true. the same time, I look at Ford versus Ferrari and I say, what's really unique about it that makes you want to go see it? I mean, all three of us are are relatively big movie fans. We all like going to movies, but at the same time, if the trailer's not able to bring in our demographic, there's not going to be... Obviously, for the Oscars, it's different because it's an older crowd, but just... I. I don't really have too much drawing me into Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, I'm right. very much the same way. And I don't think a lot of people I know did not go either. And it's just, it's just, I think it might win for sound editing or even sound mixing, which it is nominated for too, just because of the whole, you know, race car track. It is like a lot of sounds that you have to contribute to that. Yeah, not only that, but you have big names attached to the movie too. You know, yeah. you got the Christian Bale, you got the Matt Damon guys who are, you know, Oscar Oscar vets. So you could, you could definitely see them getting a couple. But honestly, at this point, you see Rise of Skywalker on there and you think, well, man, that's... Yeah. They're not going to win it for visual effects, so you might as well give it to yeah. them for for sound editing. So I I think I think this is Star Wars all, all day. I I also want to talk about. I feel like Once Upon a Time at Hollywood, which we also see nominated here. I feel like that's kind of fallen out of favor in a lot of these Oscar races. We'll obviously get to one of those later that I feel like still has a little bit of a chance. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of these, I feel like people are just kind of seeing the movie in a very different light from what it was. Like, I, that was my first Tarantino movie that I'd seen in theaters because I was too young. Maybe I was just old enough when Inglorious came out. And uh, I I think Django was like 2012. Django, I didn't see in theaters, but I did see Hateful Eight in theaters. Oh, Oh, I forgot about Hateful Eight. I I forgot about Hateful Eight too. I forgot about that one as well. Oops. Yeah. (laughs) 
I love Quentin Tarantino as a director, but I just think that this year, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Don't get me wrong. I thought I I really had a great time enjoying like watching the movie, but I think for the regular, you know, movie going public, not to say I'm not the regular movie going public, but I think for most part, people kind of thought the movie was boring. And I can kind of see it, but I loved the immersion that was being built throughout the entire movie and I you know obviously I loved the ending. I thought the ending was phenomenal. So I think that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood definitely has a chance to get some Oscars this year, but I don't think it's going to win the big ones. Yes. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a good movie, film, whatever you want to call it, to talk about or something that can you can have like a good discussion off of because I feel like Quentin Tarantino is obsessed with this idea of like myth making and oh, yeah, making like sure. real life myth making that he's able to do here of Margot Robbie and these sort of like two old coots that he's got uh, in Brad Pitt and Leo. I feel like this is honestly, this is the movie that he was meant to make like his entire career. And I thought it was, I thought it was just all right. Like I enjoyed it when I saw it in theaters. I got it from my dad for the holiday season, but I I won't be like rushing to rewatch it. When I go home, I probably will end up rewatching it because that's how dads are usually. But let's rewatch this movie. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me. you you got it for me. We gotta watch it now. Yeah. That kind of classic beat. Yeah, no, I mean I guess in in a sense I, I agree with you. It's not a movie that you, you you sit there and you look at it and you're like, Man, I wanna watch this again. Right. Because it is long. It is mm-hmm. a process right you have to be in the mood to want to watch this movie and I, I like quentin tarantino but if you don't like quentin tarantino i don't think you're gonna like this movie because it's tarantino-esque but at the same time it isn't right because it is so long and drawn out like you said the myth making the storytelling is so immersive i guess is the right. uh, for lack of a better word i can see why people wouldn't like the movie is what i'm saying mm-hmm. so I, I like I said I really enjoyed it. I don't think it wins for sound editing here, but if we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, my personal opinion, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Will I watch it again soon? Probably not. But I think that's okay with some movies. Yes. There there are just movies like that where I think you have to try to compartmentalize it and say, well, this is what the movie is, and it does a good job of accomplishing that. Yeah, that's what we were talking about last time. Just. As a group, me and Greg were in this conversation where we were saying that not every movie that's great is rewatchable. Right. Sometimes there's those movies where you just watch it and you kind of just like sit with yourself and you're like, that was really good, but I don't think I can watch that again for at least a while. It's going to be a while till I can watch that again. Right. Sound editing, I think that- I think it is Star Wars. Star Wars is going to win for that. And then for sound mixing, it's a little bit different. It's Ad Astra, Ford vs. Ferrari, Joker, 1917, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And for that- I think 1917 might be a contender. I think Ad Astra might be a contender yeah. just because. Alex and I were actually talking about uh, Ad Astra right before we started recording. And if there's one thing that I'll give this movie, it, you know, it sounded like you were in space. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, like you did feel like you were there with Brad Pitt. Yeah. I mean, it, how entertaining that was is debatable. I thought I didn't have a bad time watching the movie. But at the same time, I was like, man, this is kind of long. This is yeah. I, I kind of yeah. feel like I'm out there with them, and this is, yeesh. But I I think I rated the movie on a scale out of 10. I think I gave it like a six and a half. 
Let's see. What did you give it on Letterboxd? On Letterboxd, out of five, I gave it a one. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I have not seen it, to be fair, but I have heard it's bad from my friends, but I did have one friend who really liked it. But I think there is something like uh, sound mixing for a space movie. I feel like that's a shoe in every time to get right. nominated. Like if it's a space movie, the sound is has to be on point. It has to be good. It has or, to else, sound like, like a vacuum. or else it's just going to be like widely regarded as not a good. Like a lot of these categories that are kind of glossed over when people talk about the Oscar things are really what bring you into sort of like the movie experience, not to sound like a big, like old head industry kid over here but it is if these things are bad if these things are not there you notice yeah i mean you you notice like people laugh at me when i say well the movie wasn't very immersive right because they say oh what does that matter right it's vital to a movie if if it breaks immersion and then you think about the movie while you're watching it as in like you think about mistakes in the movie it ruins the experience for me. Yeah, like so, if you ever want to like reach for your phone during a movie, I feel like that's the point when you're not immersed. Anymore. Exactly. Right. If if you find yourself being like, okay, well, well, why is that light out at the top of the theater? Yeah. You realize that there are just mistakes with how the movie was made from a, a physical standpoint. So, yes, these are very important, and like you said, they are all often glossed over, right. but it's very important. It, these... Smaller Oscars, I guess you can call them, are the reason why, you know, some of the best picture movies end up winning so many Oscars is because these movies are well made, right? right? I mean, it's not just well directed and well acted. They're well edited. They're well mixed. They're well shot. Everything. So like, yeah, four of these movies in sound mixing are also for best picture. The only one that's not Ad Astra. Yeah, I do think, though, I would probably give the sound mixing award to 1917 just because, you know, there is long takes and they have to account for all that sound mixing for when there's like off camera people going, hey, look out, like get out of the way, yelling at people. So I do think 1917 would be good in that way. Yeah, I I, I can see that. I think 1917 is a, a real achievement in filmmaking. I thought it was very well done. I think that Ever since War Horse, there's been a little bit of a turn towards World War One movies as oh, yeah. gaining more favor in the popular Hollywood media. So I, I think that 1917 is really just a culmination of all the World War One media that's accumulated since the early to mid 2000s. Yeah, because I do think there's been a lot of movies about World War Two already. So I think yeah. they're kind of making that shift into World War One and focusing on something if they are going to make a war movie. Because I feel like uh, we're we're too close to the to the wars that are currently raging. Yeah. To make movies about them that are not Zero Dark Thirty, American Sniper, that are essentially like you said, I, a lot of those movies, uh, American Sniper specifically, were directed by Clint Eastwood, who right. you like to said builds the American myth, right? So I think there is a little bit of that in there. You can't you can't say that some of the war movies now in times of which you know the political sphere is more like polarized, it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where you need to try to drum up political uh, propaganda in a way. They're essentially like these propaganda movies, almost like Zero Dark Thirty, which I think was nominated way back. That was what, yeah, uh, Catherine was. Bigelow? She won, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, she won. I'm pretty sure Woman that she won. Woman Oscar. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to like women we'll directors get. later. Oh. oh, but Celine Sayama, we, we appreciate you. That movie is still coming out, I think, wide release, February 14th, that A Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Let's move on to Best Supporting Actor. 
So nominated for Best Supporting Actor, we got Tom Hanks with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins from The Two Popes, Al Pacino from The Irishman, Joe Pesci from The Irishman, and then Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think that we're in a Brad Pitt renaissance. I think so, too. I, I agree a thousand percent He's becoming you. so likable. Like, I don't know if you guys saw his acceptance speech at the SAG Awards, but he mentioned Quentin Tarantino's, like, foot fetish, and yeah. everyone ate it up. They thought it was so funny, and... I just saw another news story how at the Oscars luncheon he was wearing a name tag that said Brad Pitt and everyone was like, oh, that's so funny. He thinks people don't know who he is. And I think it's definitely a renaissance of Brad Pitt. Yeah, no, I think Brad Brad Pitt was the best part about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio was great. Don't get me wrong. But Brad Pitt stole the show. Brad Pitt and that little girl from the Western movie were like the two the two people who I was like, nice, this is not that bad. Well, oh man, I'm thinking about Brad Pitt on the ranch now in Once Upon a Time. That was that was an interesting scene. It was interesting to see Brad Pitt still be hot at uh, this age <laughs> because I don't know. I've got uh, one of my one of my friends, Grace. She's she's in love with Brad Pitt. I I recommended that she watch Thelma and Louise solely based off the fact that it has a young and shirtless Brad Pitt. The That's fact that movie. an old and shirtless Brad... Oh, it's a slapping movie. The fact that an old and shirtless Brad Pitt can still get butts in seats, not bad. I'll tell you what. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with my parents. My mom, when Brad Pitt was on the roof there, was like, ooh, she's, yeah. <laughs> she's OP. It's Brad yeah. Pitt. <laughs> and I do think it's kind of crazy that... Well, these are all like seasoned veterans of like right. actors... For, nominated for this like Anthony Hopkins has been around for so long in, and I'm in, glad he got nominated in terms of names this is the strongest supporting actor category I can remember yeah, yeah. I which I think it's dangerous thinking about the longevity mm-hmm. of like movie making and like film industry as a whole to have because well don't get me wrong both Joe Pesci and Pacino did very good jobs in the Irishman having both of them there taking up spots from man it's just I'm trying to think of like young supporting actors who I felt like did got snubbed, a good yeah. job, who got snubbed. Any anybody from Parasite? Oh, they, oh yes. the entire Man. cast. The, the, entire the, cast. Entire, the entire cast, but specifically for I I didn't talk about that with supporting actress. I feel like especially especially Jessica. with internet Jessica, especially with international stuff, especially with Asian actors, Asian performers, mm-hmm. they get glossed over their individual performances because I think a lot of people in Hollywood see Asian actors as interchangeable, Yeah, which is dangerous, it's racist, and it's totally wrong. Yeah. I was going to say, because it's such a stacked ca- uh, people who are nominated, right. I do think that maybe the fact that all these people are nominated is just because the Academy knew these names and they wanted to give a nod to them for being in the industry for so long. Right, because Tom Hanks hadn't had an Oscar nom in a while, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And well, I, I didn't see a beautiful day And Joe day Pesci in the hadn't been, like, hadn't acted in something significant in a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you see the names on here and obviously Tom Hanks... Once upon a, I mean, not once upon a time, but a beautiful <laughs> once upon a time in the neighborhood. <laughs> I would yeah. like to see Tom Hanks in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would love to see Mister Rogers in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, God. But um, yeah, Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, very much playing that role is just an Oscar bait kind of thing, right? I oh, mean, 100%, I, I mean, right. at, at this point, the guys that were in in these movies outside of Brad Pitt were really just kind of fishing for Oscars, right? So. 
I, I'm I'm not surprised that they're here, but I I understand what you're saying. With it, it's very disappointing to see anybody from Parasite not be nominated for an actor category because I thought they were all phenomenal. As somebody who doesn't speak Korean, I was very engaged, even with yeah, you know subtitles. subtitles. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, we'll get to Parasite later, but we'll get to Parasite. We'll, oh man, yeah, we trust so us. We'll so it is very disappointing to see all those actors and actresses not be nominated for something. Also, um, Kevin Garnett could have picked up a nod. <laughs> uh, he, KG. Played, he played Kevin Garnett better yeah. than I've ever seen. Or Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith, yeah, yeah I, he, I he did a good job in, in Uncut Gems as well. The Weekend. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. Yeah, he had such a small role in Uncut right. Gems, but there was a lot of good people in that. But honestly, like three out of five of these actors were in Netflix movies. I think that's something to say. I mean, the emergence of Netflix as a legitimate Oscar category now is something I didn't expect to see. I didn't see that coming at all. Mm -mm. I thought Roma was kind of just a one-off. Yeah, I thought they were like, here's a gimme, like, go ahead. And then they were going to stop. I thought the opposite when Roma won. I was like, this opens the gates now. I feel like a lot of people see Netflix as the way to reach a wider audience yeah. than possible before. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's it's very forward thinking. And while I'm very much a movie purist, I love watching movies at the theater. I love the theater experience. I love going there. It might be expensive, but it's so fun. It's nostalgic in a way. I mean, right. I I still love renting movies from movie stores. Right, like, I, whoa! I you went, go to Family Video. I I whoa. have made the trek to Family Video multiple times. You know, you know why Family Videos still exist and Blockbusters don't? CBD. Yes. Also, <laughs> wow. <laughs> they sell it. <laughs> that, now. That, yeah, that's half the reason. The other half the reason they own the property. Blockbuster always rented the property. Yeah. Oh, I yep. did not know that. And yeah. Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix, and they didn't. That's so, too bad. I love Blockbuster. Just on a, on another little tangent here. Right. Blockbuster, I had one in my in my hometown. We went there instead of Family Video until it closed in like 2011. Mm-hmm. But when Blockbuster was closing, we went there and we bought all the little movie placards that would be behind the movie and we have them all hung up in our basement. That's yeah, so cool. That's incredible. That's some good. I think that's I like that. a that's good home decor, I think. It it for an area in which you can watch movies on you know, a nice TV with surround sound and all that. It's perfect. It completes the scene. Mm-hmm. For sure. Beautiful. So anyway, best supporting actor. I think we all agree. Brad Pitt. Yeah. So I think we should move on to the screenplay awards. First. Let's start with best original. So we got Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Now, I'll start with this one. I'm, I'm sorry okay, to interrupt yeah, yeah, yeah. you here. I think all these movies are great. Loved them all. Parasite wins. Parasite wins. <laughs> I have to agree. Even though I did love Knives Out, it is its only nomination for this, which yeah, I'm kind of sad. But How much critical acclaim that movie got from the movie-going audience and critics alike, I'm surprised that this is really the only nom. I mean, it yeah. was a great original story. I thought the acting was all really well done. I really enjoyed the movie, but I guess when compared to everything else, it just it fell a little short, but I'm a little disappointed that it doesn't also, show up more. Maddie. I was going to say that I think Knives Out really came out of the woodwork. I don't think anybody expected it to be as good as it was, or they weren't expecting this big acclaim. I don't think the director even thought it was going to get this big acclaim. I I follow him on Twitter, Ryan Johnson, so I just see all of his right, happy yeah, tweets about, he's like, we're going to the Oscars, and he's just all freaking out, and he's just so happy with whatever he got. So I think 
I think it's well-deserved, but I do think that Parasite will win. I think Knives Out sort of got the short end of the stick on the genre thing. Being a whodunit, I feel like people didn't seriously critically consider it because A, you have any time that someone's talking about an ensemble cast, I don't think people are going to get nom from that, like an individual nom. I think anytime you bring up like you brought up that just because it was a whodunit film, they wouldn't take it seriously. Right. I think that's to be said with horror movies too, and mm. also with comedy movies in Justice general. Justice for Lupita Nyong'o. We'll yeah. talk about that later. But like, just because it's a horror movie or it's a comedy movie, they're like, oh, then it's not really Oscar worthy per se. Which I kind of hate that. Right. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. There's just a stigma around certain kinds of movies. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later with snubs and whatnot. But yeah. I, with original screenplay, though, the ability to take a, a genre that was pretty tired. I mean, the last one I can think of that really came out was Murder on the Orient Express, and that was that was, that was widely panned. I, I heard, heard that was not that good. I heard when was, was that from? Mediocre. I, I, I'm, it was just a couple of years ago, Johnny uh, Depp. Uh, right. Was, Josh right. Gad was in it as yeah. well. Oh, oh yeah. I heard about that, and cast. I avoided it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we all agree. Best original screenplay goes Parasite. Parasite. And then best adapted screenplay, we got The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Woman, and then we got The Two Popes. This one is a toughie, I feel like. I think this one might go to Little Women. I hope. I hope so, too. Just Justice be- for Greta? Well, I, I, I think it might go to Little Women just because I think outside of this, I don't see it winning a whole lot. Unfortunately, I have to agree. That's As much as I loved I know, Little Women... I loved it so much, but... I I do see a world in which the Irishman could win this. I, I, I do, too. I don't think it will happen. I hate but, to say it. Yeah. I think Joker might be a contender for this one. It, for me, in my current power rankings, I would say Little Women 1, Irishman 2, Joker 3, Jojo 4, Popes 5. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the two Popes was good. I just don't think... Like, I don't think it made a big of a splash as everything else. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree with you. I, I don't really have too much else to say uh, other yeah. than I think Little Women will take this one. I mean, I hope so. so. It, I don't know. I feel like it was just such a, such a good, like, reinvention. Yeah. Justice for Greta in one oh. way, if not in the other way. Yep. Yes, I know. Exactly. All right. So that's that. I think we should... What should we move on to next? I think we could go to best international because that's just one word okay. right here. Yeah. We want to say it? Okay. Uh, so Parasite. Well, Parasite. Let's, okay. Best <laughs> let's international film. Let's name them. We got nominations for Corpus Christi, Honeyland, Les Miserables, Pain and Glory, and Parasite. And while I heard Pain and Glory is really good and Antonio Banderas is probably amazing, Parasite. He got a nom for best actor for that movie. Yeah. So that is I, I think it's it's definitely important to point that out. But Parasite, we've been new. All right, you want to uh, move on to animated? Oh yeah, let's just let's knock sure. out animated too. Sure. So for best animated feature film, we got How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story Four. I think the obvious snub here is Frozen Two, which I did not see. I mean, which I'm okay with. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm. I not didn't a... see Toy Story Four either. I saw Toy Story Three in theaters. And I was like, you know, at this point in my life, I'm a 21-year-old person. (laughs) And while it's totally okay to do whatever you want, and I have seen like children's movies in theaters, there's a place for animated movies in my heart. But honestly, I feel like the one that I would like to win is I Lost My Body, because that's the one that I've heard the most good stuff about. 
I saw Toy Story 4 and I was kind of over it just because, you know, they made Toy Story 3 and they were like, this is the ending. You know, this is the last, like Andy's gone. He's given his toys away. That's it. And I was like, cool. And then I saw Toy Story 4 and I was just, it was just trying to, it was a money grab. I just did not think it was great. I disagree. I think, I think Toy Story 4 kind of runs away with this one. I mean, I, I lost my body, could get some votes here as well, but I think, I thought Toy Story 4 was pretty well done actually. I thought I had a a pretty enjoyable experience. I was in a theater with like 40 people and maybe 15 of them were kids. So, I mean, I I thought Toy Story 4 was actually pretty enjoyable, pretty fun. I thought Keanu Reeves. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Great, great job as... Uh, I forget his name exactly, but uh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking. It's the it's the Canadian Duke stunt devil, Kaboom, Duke Kaboom. Yeah, I do think the only part of that movie that I really enjoyed was the character Forky. I thought Forky when Woody and Forky were walking along the road after they got dropped out of the RV. Sorry for the spoilers, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's I, all right. <laughs> I thought that was a really, really, really fun scene. I thought it was a fun movie all around. I thought it was relatively lighthearted, but it still had those emotional punches at the end. So I. I I really enjoyed Toy Story 4. Love Tom Hanks as uh, as Woody. Love Tim Allen as Buzz. I think Toy Story 4 was a good end. I love Toy Story 3. I think Toy Story 3 was the perfect end. Yes. And I think, yeah, there was a little bit of monetary motivation to make uh, this movie. Yes, there but was. at the same time, I think they did it with love, and I thought it was uh, a very enjoyable film. I do have to say, though, for the Golden Globes, Toy Story did not take the Golden Globe for this. It was Missing Link, which was surprising because, you know, Frozen 2 was nominated as well. But the only movie I've seen in this category is Toy Story 4. But I do hope that an original piece will get the Oscar rather than just a remaking. Nice. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping for Missing Link, I Lost My Body, or Klaus, even though I haven't seen them. Right. I, I kind of just want the original because I want that. I just don't love seeing all these, like, reboots again and again, even though I do love How to Train Your Dragon. Right, shouts out. Honest, toothless, what up? <laughs> <laughs> toothless, if you're listening, what up? <laughs> I, I, I will admit, I have not seen a um, How to Train Your Dragon movie since the first one came out. When the I first was one was in so good. Probably middle school. Yeah. Yeah, so. The first one was really good, but okay. So my pick for this, I'm just going to say Missing Link. Okay. Uh, I think this is our first big, uh, this big is our point first where, we've all, where we've all had different ones. Yeah, yeah. Th- that and we've... Have you seen any of them? No. <laughs> Have you've only seen one, and I've only seen one. So this is really just us kind of spitting here, yeah. but yeah. it's still fun to you know throw opinions around. Yeah, I think that... we should move along to best original song, though. Oh man, I I've got opinions. You've got opinions, and honestly, Alex, I think Alex and I are just gonna take a back seat. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, gonna I we're you... gonna let you take yeah, we take want the you stage to go here. Run away with it, man. Like I said. Uh, I have a specialty show all about movie soundtracks, but I am not impressed with this grouping that I have here. We got I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4, I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2, and Stand Up by Harriet. The song that I like the most out of these is Stand Up, but I do think that the Rocket Man song is gonna win, and I, yeah. I think that this is the I think this is the only nomination for Rocket Man, and I do think it's kind of a snub in most categories, especially considering how much acclaim Bohemian Rhapsody got in comparison, which is kind of crazy to me. But I think that I'm gonna love me again is gonna take this immediately. 
Uh, would you guys say that Bohemian Rhapsody is worse than Rocketman? Yeah. I can't judge because I did not want to watch <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. I did not want to watch Bohemian Rhapsody. It feels like the way that they're repackaging the Freddie Mercury life is so disingenuous to everything. No, I, I agree with you. I wasn't a, a big fan of Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, I I, I like Queen songs, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of them are overplayed. And I think oh, yeah. that the people who love the fact that they're overplayed made this movie. I think so, too. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah no, yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. And they won big for Best Actor. Rami Malek won for that. And I think it is kind of a snub. Well, I... I'll just say this now. I think it's a snub that Taron Edgerton did not get nominated for Best Actor, especially considering all the claim that Bohemian Rhapsody got. But my pick for this is going to be I'm Gonna Love Me Again. I'm sure you guys have no opinion because you've not heard the song. Um, maybe you've heard Into the Unknown because it's been playing a lot in Frozen 2. Uh, not we impressed. just think that breakthrough song is, uh, is just comes from a funny movie. <laughs> that uh, it's just. I'm so surprised it got nominated. For those who don't know, Breakthrough is it's a religious movie about this kid who gets stuck under the ice and is in a coma, and then he comes out of the coma and is able to play basketball again, to my understanding. But I'm just surprised it got nominated for anything, especially considering my mom made me watch that movie. Shouts out. Let's move on to best original score, though. Well, first off, I'd like to address one thing. John Williams got nominated for doing what he always does, so that's just lazy. I think it was a gimme. That's lazy. He takes, well, because it's a series, he takes what he does from the previous movies, previous Star Wars, and puts them in this movie. Every time he gets nominated for a Star Wars, it's for the same music. Yeah. Not to say John Williams, I love John Williams. I think he does great work. He's amazing. He's an icon titan of the industry but i think it was kind of a gimme right yeah i think when whenever you see the names hans zimmer or john williams on the score you, you say oh well they're kind of a shoo-in aren't they i mean yeah it's it's hard to to vote against the guys who just continually win the award so you know as much as i'd hate to say it i think that will probably just they'll, they'll he'll probably just win it again really i don't, think I don't so. know i don't think so i think this is joker I, I think this yeah. is the Joker one. Okay, you know what? To be fair, Joker, we'll get into our true opinions on Joker <laughs> in a second. Yeah, trust me. But pretty, for the score, pretty I good think, score. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I, I, I could, yeah. I could be content with that as well. I love film scores. I listen to them when I'm walking. Sometimes I listen to them in the car. I'm kind of a nut about that. But what I want to win is 1917. Thomas Newman did an amazing job with that. I've been listening to that score on repeat. But I know what will win is Joker, which on one hand, I'm happy because it's a woman composer and I think it's her first time being nominated and it is a good score. But, but on the other, other hand, hand, a win for Joker, Joker, that's like a win for Joker is a loss for humanity as a whole. <laughs> we live in a society. Oh my God, the movie <laughs> starring Joaquin Phoenix. And I did like the Marriage Story one as well. That's Randy Newman. And then Little Women's Ooh. score was also good as well. And that's Alexandra Desplat, who is my all-time favorite. Hey, good good on Randy Newman getting two yes. Oscar noms, yeah, huh? How about that? Him. True. Who would have thought? Not, Not me. me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what should we move on to? Best Achievement in Cinematography. The nominees are The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
Who would like to start? Do you want me to start? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I personally loved The Lighthouse. I thought it was beautiful. I thought the cinematography was great. But I do think that this is going to go to 1917 because it is the two-take wonder, seemingly. But, you know, there are probably hidden takes in there. But I think just because of that, I think it will get that. And also, I thought it was beautifully shot as well. Okay. I'll let you go first. So... <laughs> I feel like a lot of indies always get snubbed around awards season. And the, this is the only nomination for The Lighthouse. They missed out on supporting for Willem Dafoe. Best actor. Well, I don't think Robert Pattinson really deserved a best actor nom. Not even wish, like really a shortlist, but. I wish he did, but. It, I, I, it was an enjoyable performance. It was a good time. I rated that four and a half stars. I enjoyed it quite a bit. The aspect ratio, once you got used to it, I was like, ah, yes. I did it's like, like it the was the same in, thing with Ghost Story. I yeah. liked the fact that it was in black and white as well. It's cool. Okay. Alex, um, say your piece. <laughs> I did not like The Lighthouse. Hot take. I know. Uh, I, I, I've seen so many reviews on YouTube. I've read so many reviews on the internet, and they all say this movie is so phenomenal. I'll give it this. It looks good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I do agree. Okay. It, it looks weird. It is weird. No, I, I, I like the way it's shot. I mm -hmm. appreciate how everything is, you know, I, I appreciate the style they took. But, man, I could not stand. I thought this was the most pretentious movie of the year. The most pretentious movie of the year. I couldn't stand it. I thought it was just so purposefully ambiguous for no reason. That is A24. <laughs> it is A24. Because I, well, did the, you, well, are you a man who has seen The Last Black Man in San Francisco? Because I feel like if you'd seen not. that, you would have called that. You might have called that the most pretentious. I have not seen that. That was a, also a snub for Yeah, that was definitely a snub. That film looked beautiful. I saw that with my dad. Okay, so because I, I don't want to just sound like the sports guy who, you know, doesn't like the, the artsy movies because there was a movie that a lot of people said was really pretentious and didn't like that I really kind of enjoyed, and that was The Dead Don't Die. I don't know if you guys saw that movie. Ooh. I liked that movie. I liked it. I enjoyed that movie. That was so, so fun. I, I thought it was a great time. I thought Adam Driver and Bill Murray were a really good cast that went together, and Selena Gomez didn't completely distract, and the end of the movie was a little strange. I'll give them that. I didn't it give really it a perfect weird. score, obviously. It's not a perfect movie, but I have heard so many people call The Lighthouse the perfect movie. Right. Where I've seen so many people say this is an A plus movie. This is a 10 out of 10 movie. And I walked out of that movie and I said, man, this movie, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. Hmm. I saw far too much of Robert Pattinson. I saw William Defoe in, in no. <laughs> <laughs> I saw William Defoe just act. Obviously, it was purposeful, but I, I just didn't like how purposefully weird. It, I'll give I, you I, this. I'll give you this. I like the movie a lot. I inherited this trait from my father, I think, and also due to the fact that I am always tired. I fall asleep in a movie theater far too often. So I did fall asleep for three minutes during uh -huh. the lighthouse because we saw it at wow. the past 9 p.m. showing on a day that I had an 8 a.m., but I will give you that I did fall asleep, but I did see it again. I mean, I... I've seen some A24 movies in the past. And the Lady Bird. Did you see 8th grade? I did. 
Did you like it? I did. Okay. Okay, then we have no beef. So I, I there, <laughs> the beef there, has been squashed. There yeah. are movies that A24 has come out with that I have really enjoyed. But just a, a quick little aside of most overrated movies of the year, I have a quick little top three. And two of the three are A24 horror movies. What was, did you say Midsummer? Midsummer. Midsummer. Couldn't stand Midsummer either. Midsummer and, and The Lighthouse uh, making me lose faith in A24, and that's something I didn't want to say because I, up until this point, I really enjoyed A24 movies. I think you got to think about it from this perspective too. I think A24 is at its best when women are behind the camera. Oh, A24 agree. women directors are incredible. They're putting in great work. Lady Bird is one of my favorite films, one of the favorite experiences I've ever had in a theater. Robert Eggers and Ari Aster, the two A24 uh, people who you just mentioned, they are definitely like a very specific, because our horror movies are more ephemeral. You got to like think about them weirdly. So I I will grant you that it's a specific taste, and I honestly I respect you for coming on here with uh, the two the two movie indie kids and being like you know what these movies I really I really didn't buy it so shouts out Be- because in, in relation to other A twenty four movies I enjoyed Hereditary I thought like- that was a very enjoyable film. Did you like mid nineties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one. I like that one. I thought Jonah Hill did a really good job directing in his debut, but man, I just I can't get behind the lighthouse in Midsummer. Just can't do it. That's fair. I haven't seen Midsummer yet. I read the plot summary because I don't do great with horror. But that's fair. I read the plot summary. I just still need to see it. I'll tell you this, it's not scary. Is it? No. Not? I feel like it would freak me out anyway. It'll be like overwhelming and there are times that you'll want to look away. It's a movie that you can watch with the lights off because it is such a bright horror film. Oh, yeah, true. I mean it's it, in it, daylight, yeah. yeah. Like we shouldn't even be talking about Midsummer. I know. We're we're, we're yeah, on cinematography not... and will the, I think the lighthouse might win this one because for as pretentious as I think the movie was, I think it was beautifully shot. I thought it was very well um, done from a from a cinematic standpoint. So I can give it that much. I want Lighthouse to win, but as I said, I think 1917 is going to run away with this one. I know that's you know five things nominated. We haven't talked about Joker. I'm going to talk about Joker and why I don't think it will win, even though people say that it has good cinematography. This film is wearing the skin suit of better Martin Scorsese movies. This film cinematography is based off of Taxi Driver. Every choice that is made, I feel like, has been recycled. Just like when I think of cinematography, I think of something beautiful, and I didn't really think it was beautiful. Like, I'll I'll give it, when I walked out of the theater, I was like, I'll give Joker one thing. It's like a visually imposing movie. It does a good job of getting its point across, and its point is that there is no point. Let's move on to makeup and hairstyling. There's Bombshell, Joker, Judy. Maleficent and 1917. I do think Bombshell is going to take this one. I could, I could also see yeah. Joker taking this one, honestly. But for makeup, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix looked good for the role he was supposed to play. I guess so, but I think that Bombshell, like Charlize Theron, she definitely transformed into who was it, Megan Kelly? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, yeah. Okay. She did not look like herself. So yeah, I, Bombshell. I, I, I concede it can go to Bombshell. Yeah, it can go to Bombshell, even though it's not a movie that I like. I think women should be able to tell their own stories. I don't think that men That's should true. be out here writing these women's stories and then directing them. Absolutely true. And then we have Best Achievement in Production Design, and that is Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. 
Parasite. They built the house. They built the house. They built the little apartment they were in, too. So I was kind of surprised by that. But I did really like Jojo Rabbit's sets. Yeah, You know, I didn't know that about Parasite. I'm willing to give it to that. But yeah, the, I think all of these movies had phenomenal sets. Oh, yeah, Right. I sure. mean, all, right. Uh, all of them were... Honestly, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that ranch, that ranch alone was nuts. Was yeah. beautiful. No, I mean... Mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did a great job with everything. They really made it feel like you were in the 1960s. Right. So um, I could see I could see that winning. I could see 1917 winning. I could see yeah. Jojo dug. Rabbit winning. I could see The Irishman winning. All of yeah. these I could see winning. But with what you just told me about Parasite, I didn't know that they had built pretty much the entire house. They had yeah. built the uh, everything. So personally, I, I would like to see Parasite win for that. 1917 did dig all those trenches. That would say. have been a major pain. Yes. Yeah. It sounds excruciating. They, and they, they built all those like countryside houses and yeah. everything. They should have done it the old school way and been like the soldiers and dig them themselves with shovels and not <laughs> yeah. All the extras, yeah. the 500 extras who are in 1917. Yes, 500. Yeah. Not a joke. But I think for this one, I'd give it to probably Parasite or Jojo Rabbit. Okay. All right. Best visual effects. So we got Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, 1917, and Star Wars. Cats was snubbed. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't agree more. (laughs) What they did with Jason Derulo was groundbreaking. Let me tell you. Elba. Oh my gosh. Okay, they didn't even, can I say, Cats, they didn't even finish visual effects. They turned in the movie the night before it was supposed to come out worldwide, and they ended up fixing it in post after they had released it, and then sending out another version. Cats isn't even nominated. You know what else uh, was <laughs> bad? I didn't see The Lion King because the only reason that they made a live-action Lion King and the only reason that they're making live-action versions of these Disney classics is to retain the rights. Mm-hmm. But also, I thought the effects were bad. I didn't think I they like, were good. I thought I they were kind of dorky like, looking. This is the one they give to Endgame because yes. it's yeah, like, it, it's Endgame. Yeah, it has to be Endgame. Mm-hmm. I think. I think just the sheer amount of visual effects in that movie right. require them to literally every scene. Yeah, every single scene. I mean, you can say that about the Lion King and the Irishman. To be fair, the de aging effects in the Irishman very good. So really I, I, I could true. I could see very that true. as well, but I but think I think so this much. is this is end games just because it's kinda like a you know, a participation like, okay, you made yeah. a great movie that made a lot of money. So like, here you go. It's not participation gonna, it, ribbon, here it, you it's go. It's not you're not gonna get any major award because it is mm-hmm. an Avengers movie. Right. But and Martin Scorsese is there, so Yeah. So <laughs> there would be probably a fist fight on stage between Martin Scorsese and Chris Evans if that was the case. So I wish. In my perfect yeah. world. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I think Avengers gets this one. I think so, too. So let's move on to costume design. We got the Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Woman, and Once Upon a Time. I just want to say I think Little Woman should win because period pieces, you know. You can they, say you can say that about Once Upon a Time, too. And the Irishman, I guess. You, you I, can, don't th- I don't think you'd say that about the Irishman. I, no, I think the Irishman the was Irishman. pretty... Pretty cut and yeah. dry. I think it's like Scorsese's wheelhouse. So it's sort of stuff that he's been working with before. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Little Women see two directors taking different approaches to, to like ideas that they've had in the past. Yeah. Like uh, for Little Women. No got... corsets. Greta Gerwig, she was just on 73 Questions with Vogue. And she said she made it a point to not use corsets and some other like type of gown thing in Little Women. So I thought 
Good for her. She did yeah. not want that. I, I could see Little Women or Once Upon a Time taking it here. You know, again, shout out to Jojo Rabbit. Thought they, they did a really good job with all that. But at the same time, man, the other two are just, there. there's just a sheer, the sheer amount of, of costume design in, in both of those films is just at a at a higher level. It's a yeah. different it's a different sphere at that point. So I, mm-hmm. I think between those two, you can really just kind of flip a coin. I think those two are, are the locks. And then I think the only one we have left on this page is Best. Film achievement editing. in film editing and for that we got ford versus ferrari the irishman jojo rabbit joker and parasite this would have been the perfect oscar to give to 1917 yes i thought 1917 even though there were some in my opinion relatively obvious cuts in the movie that was made to look like it was one shot but I still thought that they did a good enough job speaking to other people that have seen it. They all believed it was one shot. I don't want to say I'm kind of a film guy at all because I'm not. I'm not trained to work with a camera, but I could tell that there were some cuts. Yeah, but, for sure. Like whenever it went dark. Yeah, whenever it was dark, tell. there was yeah. a time where it was really weird where he like went behind a rock and then the, there was just an obvious cut there. So I, I think this would have been the perfect one to give to 1917. But with that said, with what we have here, I don't really think there was any like phenomenal editing in yeah, any of these. There's not like a standout, I think, in here. I think the editing in Parasite oh, <laughs> is the coming. story very well. I know, I know, I know. I'm out here singing. I'm we part know. of the, I know, we we're, know. We're Parasite stands. Like, well, whatever. Well, the Irishman is three and a half hours long, so it had to get nominated by default. Because he probably spent so much time editing. Yeah. Yikes. I hope they got paid well. I hope so too. This one, honestly, I say I don't give know. it to Parasite. I yeah. guess I don't really see any like phenomenal editing that I noticed, so I just say Parasite. Are we ready? It for is the, time the big ones? for the big dogs. First up, let's do Best Actor. For Best Actor, we got Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. It's time. Is it? Is it time? It's time. I think it's time. It is. It's time. Who do I think wins? I think Joaquin Phoenix wins. Exactly. Gonna, yep. Who do I want to win? Adam Driver. Exactly. I think I would prefer I guess DiCaprio, but I would be fine with Driver as well. And honestly, I guess I'm fine with Phoenix just because I think his performance in a, in a vacuum was the best part of Joker, in my opinion. I think so too. I think the thing I mo- noticed the most and what I appreciated the most was his performance. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he did a really good job. I, I mean, you get the the body alterations that he went through. I mean, that's Christian Bale won it for it. So why wouldn't Joaquin Phoenix? I just hate that men lose weight. They automatically get an award for it. No, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong, but that's just... That's how the Oscars works. I know. And it's un- until it changes, anything. that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So I just really wanted Adam Driver to win for this because watching Marriage Story, I was just so immersed into his performance of it. I loved watching his bits and you know, there is like a lot of the fighting scenes that you see on Twitter and everything. Right. I will but... I will say about Adam Driver's performance in this fight scene specifically in Marriage Story, the scene where he punches the wall is so incredibly awkward. Just it because awkward. it you can tell that he's like holding back, right? Like mm-hmm. he punches the wall, but he, he doesn't really 
forcefully punch anything. I mean, you can tell yeah. it, it, it's well, like, like he doesn't plaster. Yeah, like he doesn't put his full weight yeah, behind so, it. That's what happens when you have uh, an actor who used to be a Marine, though. Okay, Ooh, but I true. at the same time, you should be able to punch through a wall. Right. I, I don't know. I, I just, that, that part of it kind of... Took you out of it. It, it did kind of take me out of it. I'm like, okay, he's an actor. He's not really, you know, this divorced father who's upset with everything that's going on. He's who you got know. the MacArthur grant. Yeah, he got. But then he, what brings you back into it is when Adam Driver goes up at the restaurant and starts singing "Being Alive." Oh, true. So you've so, got we've got we've got sort of the best of thinking about those both both worlds there. And I do think his performance was just so real, which yeah. is what I yeah. loved about Marriage Short. Every performance seemed honest and yeah. real, and it was great. Just to give a little shout out to my boy Leo here, I loved his scene where he broke down crying next to the little girl on the on the set of the cowboy movie. And the scene right before that too, where he was acting and he was frustrated, I thought that was that was a really good example of how to act. I think Leo always brings it every time he acts. But I think we're all on the same page here where we want Adam Driver or Leo to win, but we know it's going to go to Joaquin. Right. Let's move on to Best Actress. And for that nominated, we got Cynthia Rivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. I think this might be the one that Judy takes, Renee Zellweger, because she has been getting a lot of claim for it. I have not seen Judy. I do know that Renee is one of those veteran actors. I do think she's going to win this, but who do I want? Sersha. Sersha, dog. Sersha, Stan, right here, number one fan, saying that it should be Sersha. It Probably won't be Sersha. I also want to say, you know, Lupita Nyong'o got snubbed. Mm-hmm. And the Oscars, in their infinite white wisdom, the one black performer who they've nominated it's for any of these awards a true story. is Harriet Tubman. Yeah. I think this is Sersha's fourth nomination. Yeah. And she's, she's how old? 25? 25? Insane. Almost three years older than me. It could work. <laughs> hey. You never know. A quick little aside here. I think a bit of a snub for both supporting actress and actress were the uh, the two girls from Booksmart. Yes. Ooh, yes. Justice for Caitlin Daver. Yep. Yes. I liked her a lot. And then also Beanie Feldstein. But again, this is just snubbing the categories of the people who are in horror movies or comedy movies just because they don't take them seriously. I don't know the last time a comedy movie won at the Oscars or anything. But yeah, I think this one is going to go to Renee. I think this one is going to go to her. I have not seen Judy yet. I did hear that she was very good in it. And it is a very sad movie I heard. So I think it's going to go to her. That's the only nom for Judy, correct? Yes. Yeah. I also yeah. think Aquafina could oh. have had a nomination. I don't think she would have won for um. What for, is the uh, name of that movie? The I've, Farewell. The Farewell. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah, Aquafina should have been nominated. She did amazing in that movie, and yeah. it was kind of showing that she could be more than just comedy, which I loved. All right, best director time. So the nominations are Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker. Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. I just want to say real quick, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter about Sean Mendes being nominated for Sam. 1917. It's Sam. It's, <laughs> it's Sam. It's not Sean Mendes who's dating Camila Cabello. It's Sam. No relation. <laughs> you know but who's going to win this award? I think Bong Joon-ho. I'll let you go, and then I'll I'll say my piece. It's going to be Todd Phillips. I will be <gasps> no. so upset if Why it is you... Todd Phillips. <laughs> Why would you say that? Todd Phillips. Okay. Joker. <laughs> Calm down. 
<laughs> Normally we'd expect this out of me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> good. Joker is the number one most overrated movie I have seen in the last couple of years. Yes. Everybody nice. says the Joker is this groundbreaking, great character piece. I think that the character and the story that is developed in this film is so problematic. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, because- cell cultural. Is well, exactly not only that, that, but I mean, it just to portray mental health. mental health in such a negative light where, oh, if you take away their help, they are going to start killing people. And it's okay that when somebody bullies you to just kill them. No, exactly. it's not. When they say he's an anti-hero, yeah, okay, sure, in this movie he's an anti-hero, but 100% when you like know the character of the Joker, he's not an anti-hero. No. He's a villain. This guy is evil. He's not a good guy. And this movie portrays him as this sympathetic character that- Is a product of society. It is is a product yeah. of the environment around him. And I think that is so problematic to just show to people because I know so many guys that are my age that watched this movie and said, wow, this movie is really groundbreaking. It's something oh, no. special. You know, this is something we can look at for the future. No, it's not. This movie, it, it, it portrays mental health and the ability of somebody to not like you to just be a horrible person. You can be an awful person, and that's okay, I guess, according to Todd Phillips in The Joker. Yeah, exactly. And I we have to bring up that Todd Phillips did say, well, that he used to direct the comedies and used to direct The Hangover. And the reason that he moved away from comedies is because he said, we live in a PC culture and I can't say anything without being insensitive anymore. And I can't be funny anymore. That is not oh true at God. all. He just can't it, be it, racist, sexist, homophobic, and awful anymore. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry people stopped thinking you were funny. Well, it's because like a lot of those jokes that are in The Hangover were allowed during that time and they are very sexist homophobic still haven't seen it doesn't don't. really interest me that much mm -hmm. like there are just certain movies that really don't interest me that much like we talked about ford v ferrari didn't really interest me that much i didn't go see it uncut I've, gems I uncut gems everybody says this movie is so great well alex you and need to see it i, I yeah, understand yeah, yeah. Okay, sports okay. Guy, that, you, you have that so one has to i watch the trailer somehow. and i say okay well i don't know i'm not that into it That's i'll fair. be honest like everybody says it's so great and i'll, I'll give it a shot i'll watch it You're i'll watch it eventually guy. but it's like i said about Ford v Ferrari, it's not a movie that really draws me to the theater. So, but I mean, like, I think, I think it's worth watching. That's so interesting that you'd lump those two together like that because it's such disparate cinematic experiences. Uncut Gems, no nominations though. Justice for Adam Sandler. Man, he's going to make the worst movie ever. He just signed a four more movie yeah. deal with Netflix. It's going to be so bad. I cannot wait for the worst movie ever to come out of Adam Sandler. But anyway, let's get back to directors. Yeah. yeah. I do think this one has a possibility to go to Bong Joon-ho though. It should. It should. I, I think it might. The Either Mar him or Martin Scorsese. I think I think this is Scorsese's, and I think that might be a little unfortunate because I, I do think that Parasite deserves to win it here, but I think what's going to happen is they're going to let Parasite sweep up all the smaller awards, and then once it gets to the big-time stuff, because they're going to give it Best Oof. International Film, yeah. they won't give it Best Picture, and they won't, give it, they won't give it Best Director. That's what happened with Roma. They gave it International, but did he win? 
for Best Director. I believe he did. And then they lost out for Best Picture. But I do think Parasite might take this. Should we move on to Best Picture now? I think we should. All right. It's time for Best Picture. The nominations for this are Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Woman, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I feel like some of these were just a gimme. Just a little head nod, even though you know they're not going to win. And I'm looking at you, Jojo Rabbit, sadly, even though I loved it so much. Ford versus Ferrari. And I don't think Little Woman is going to win this one, but I loved it immensely. It was probably my favorite movie of the year. We didn't talk about this with Best Director. Hold on. I got to say two Ooh. more things. One, now that you're Go bringing up Little Women again, people are, acting like, people are acting like Little Women directed itself. How can you have two acting noms, mm-hmm. a nom for costume design, best adapted screenplay, and no director nod? I think that was just, they should have honestly given a nod to Greta Gerwig. Over Todd Phillips. Yes. Everyone should have had a nod over <laughs> Celine. Oh I mean, literally, because every year the Oscars get criticism for not being inclusive enough, obviously. I, I'd give Ari Aster a nod over Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. Yeah. Oh and I'd give I myself a nod over Todd Phillips. They should have just given Greta a nomination. It's what she deserved, honestly, because Little Woman is so beautiful. She is such a great director, and I truly believe that. And it was just so stunning. I loved it so much. Major snub there. And also major snub with Lulu Wang, again. The farewell. Yeah. But yeah, so best picture. I don't think it's going to get best picture. Sadly, I don't think it will get that. I think the true contenders here, I think it's going to be in between 1917 and maybe with a surprise win from Parasite. I would be floored if Parasite won. I would I would be, I would be ecstatic. Yeah. I, think, I think Parasite might be the best movie I've seen in years. Parasite does not need the Oscars. The Oscars needs Parasite far more than it needs this. I, the Oscars I is not, I don't think the Oscars is taken seriously as a movie institution anymore. Because of all voters are still like old people who yeah. don't. And who was it? Oh, yeah. Michelle Williams said recently that the Oscar voters should prove that they actually watched the movies because there's no way to prove that they've watched the movies. They just vote for whoever they want. And I think that's bogus. Yeah. Parasite does not need this award, but it should go. The parasite, just so I can see, just so I can see Bong Joon Ho pull take out his pictures iPhone. like a dad. Oh, mm-hmm. that was beautiful at the SAG Awards. Yeah, I do think it has the possibility to pull off the surprise win just because they did win at the SAG Awards for best yeah. ensemble. And I would be so, I would be bouncing off the walls if they won because I think it would be amazing for an international film to win big at a U.S. kind of award show. Yeah, um, I, I think it would just yeah. be showing that the U.S. film industry, because what? Bong Joon-ho even said the Oscars, that's like they're a local film award yeah. show. So, But I do think that 1917 does have a fighting chance. No. Because Birdman won when they did their little one-take thing. Right. But I am astounded that they wouldn't even nominate George McKay for Best Actor, considering he was on screen the whole time. I thought that was just the amount of running that man had to do so much. Hey, they didn't so nominate much. Adam Sandler either. So Yeah, but I just thought he should have gotten a nod. But I do think that 1917 or Parasite's between them, really. I, I want to touch on one last thing with Joker here. I'm not trying to say I'm some comic purist because I'm not. I, I'm not a purist in anything outside of sports, to be completely honest right. with you. Yeah. But the way in which they portrayed the Joker character, it's not the Joker. It's a mentally ill person mm-hmm. who kills people who puts on face makeup because the Joker is a character who is evil 
and crazy and maniacal, but at the same time, he's strategic. Yeah, I'm right? wary of any story that tells a villain like villains are okay sometimes. Well, not not just that, but the way in which he is portrayed is in the movie Joker, Joaquin Phoenix does whatever just happens to occur. He isn't cognitively planning everything out because the reason why the Joker in The Dark Knight is the best portrayal of a movie villain, I think, arguably ever, is because he, he, he has everything planned out. Everything is already in motion. He's just a puppet master pulling the strings. This Joker, he's just a dog chasing cars. That's a line from the movie, yes. from, from The Dark Knight. He's just a dog chasing cars. Mm-hmm. But in reality, he's not. He's the the puppet master, I guess, is really just the only way I can I can put it. And in Joker, Todd Phillips' adaptation, that's not what it is. He's a guy that if there was a Batman in this universe, Batman would have taken him out in two seconds. Yeah, this movie shows Joker as a symptom of a larger problem, trying to talk about a big social issue through this comic book villain that everyone knows, and it does that very poorly. It sends no clear political message, and and that's exactly why it will probably win Best Picture at the Oscars, because I don't think the Oscars care anymore. I really hope it doesn't. Unstable character with tendencies for violence that he blames not on himself, not on anybody else, but society. Right. And there's the whole joke of, we live in a society where it, it's it's just a justification for people to do awful things when that's not the case. Is, right. is the Joker bullied? Do horrible things happen to him in the movie? Yes. Does that justify any of his actions? No. Absolutely no. not. Does the movie make any attempt to tell you that? No. There's like no rectification at all and... And there, there's room for moral ambiguity in cinema. So I agree with you, Maddie. I think it is a two-horse race, but the horse that probably is that war horse. I think the Oscars like to ride those war horses. Yes. So you're saying that it's also between 1917? 1917 and Parasite, yeah. What do you say, Alex? So I, I'm, I'm going to have to go with, I think, 1917 takes it. But I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood should get a nod. I think The Irishman is a sleeper. And I think Parasite is the pick I want to see, but will ultimately fall short. I do think Irishman is a sleeper as well. Yeah. You mm. never know with Martin Scorsese. Yeah. yeah, you do never know. We should have a Razzie Award <laughs> prediction party too. I, I'm, all for, I'm all for that. <laughs> that would be awesome. What if Adam Sandler got nominated for Uncut Gems? Or <gasps> that would be possibly the worst thing that could happen. I would lose my mind. But anyway, this has been a great first Oscar show. Thank you so much to Alex and Greg for being on here with me. Again, this is WDVM East Lansing, Impact 89 FM, and this has been movie chat so thanks for sticking in and listening to all our hot takes and opinions on the oscars you've been listening to movie chat tune in next time for more cinema commentary